Hello and welcome to My RN Podcast, the podcast dedicated to providing insight and encouragement to the nursing community. I am your host, Devin DeBoer, and today I am joined by Lisa Borsma, pediatric registered nurse. Thanks for joining me today. Glad to be here. Yeah. I always like to start by kind of giving people background of what got you into nursing in the first place. What was that first spark? Um, well, I've been a nurse for 31 years, and um, so when I was in college, I wouldn't say that being a teacher and being a nurse were the only things women did, but I still think it was two of the biggest things. But when I first went to college, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. But while I was at college, I talked to people who were applying to a nursing program where I was, and I thought, you know, that's something I can do. I, I knew that I was a hands-on person, and that I knew that whatever job I did needed to be somewhat task-oriented, oh, but okay. that I also just liked working directly with people, so okay. I couldn't really see myself in an administrative kind of thing. And so I thought, well, I could probably do that. Hmm. And then when I started nursing, people would say, you know, one thing that's great about nursing is you can do all kinds of different things in nursing. Um, The funny thing is, is I've done mostly the same thing in nursing for 31 years, but that's okay, because that's what I like. (laughs) There you go. Um, Speaking of that, um, how did you pick pediatrics? Was it a rotation? I always knew I really liked working with kids. I had the opportunity to do that in a variety of ways when I was in middle school and high school, Um, be it church nursery, babysitting. Mm. I worked at a children's home uh, for kids who weren't allowed to be in their own homes uh, one summer when I was in college. So I knew that in all those different ways that I um, was comfortable with that. Um, I'm not physically a very large person. (laughs) And so I also knew that um, I was more comfortable sometimes with kids Uh, than I was with adults. That makes sense. (laughs) I never thought of that. That makes sense because we have, um, as a therapist, we have different people that have different sizes, Mm -hmm. right? And sometimes the you wonder about the little people working with the big right. people. You know? Right. <laughs> so. so. Um, and then I like to jump into, so pediatrics and 31 years, I'm sure you've experienced some, the pros and the mm-hmm. cons. Let's start with the, the cons first. What's, what's challenging about pediatrics in and of itself? Uh, the cons is, I don't know anybody that likes to see a sick child. I don't really know anybody that likes to see a sick adult either, but somehow to most people, it's inherently wrong for a child to be sick, much less for a child to die. Mm. And so that's not an easy thing. You you don't like to see families grieve. Uh, you don't, uh, and uh, often children don't understand illness depending how old they are. Mm-hmm. So at some point of a, an adult's illness, most adults will at least understand it or grasp it, um, but children don't always, except the children that often have a more serious illnesses or long-term. 
even kids that are three or four years old will eventually understand it better than you think they ever would because really yeah they do because the longer they're in it the more they understand things um so i think that's the hardest part it's emotionally really challenging yes it is i think that's the hardest part um as a nurse depending on where you choose to work you that can be true we're working with adults you have to do things that hurt people i can try to make things better but if i give you a shot it's gonna hurt if i start an iv it's gonna hurt if i hold you down for a procedure that's threatening so um some people can never get past that with a child they'll literally say i can't do that to a child even if i know it's for their own good so you have to learn to get past that or you can't work with so kids. you've seen nurses that have started in pediatrics say you know what can't do it correct yeah so it's i can see how it's a little bit different because we think as an adult i'll just take my parents for example um, cancer in their 70s you can almost I don't know if it's rationalized is the right word but you can understand it from like because well, they've kind of lived their life they've been given this opportunity already but a child it's almost like they're being robbed of something cheated yeah robbed. Not, it's not it's not fair it's right? not plain not fair it's not it's not fair to get cancer in right. your 70s but it seems like it's more unfair to get it when you're 7 right you know um, the other thing that was hard for me is when I first started as a nurse, I was fortunate to know I wanted to do pediatrics or thought I did, and I got to do that right away. Um, I've had to work other jobs, some over the years, as life circumstances have taken me different places, but I, that's what I thought I wanted to do, and I got to do it right away. Um, but that was before I was ever married. So mm-hmm. then I got married, and I started having kids, and that's the other hard part. When you have a patient that's almost exactly the same age as one of your children, you can't help but see your kid in that situation or in that bed. And it's really hard. Ooh. You know, I can remember very specifically years ago having a little girl who was just about my oldest daughter's age. Well, my oldest daughter's close to 30 now. But this was when she was like 14 months old. And I remember going to work and taking care of this child and what she had was not a good thing. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. I have a perfectly healthy kid at home. So, or I took care of a teenager one time with a traumatic brain injury from, uh, I can't even remember what the actual event was that caused him to have it, but he was the same age as my teenage son. And literally he was a tall, skinny, blonde haired kid who's the same age as my son, who was Hmm. at home sleeping in his own bed and going to school the next day. And I'm sure we were arguing about something else, as you might do with your teenage (laughs) son, but he was healthy. Mm -hmm. And so you go through the what-ifs when they're about the same age as your kid. You go through the, maybe I can't do this if I think about my kids when I'm taking care of this kid. So I would say that's another hard thing that I didn't have to deal with when I was first a nurse. But mm-hmm. have had sin. Mm-hmm. How are the dealing with the parents? Is that would you say that's a challenge as well? Oh yeah, um, in different ways. 
because you don't really just treat the patient you have to treat the family um because the family whether it's a short-term thing or a long-term thing um, they're going to be the ones hopefully taking care of these kids at home and who love these kids most of the time more than you do as a caretaker Um, so you have to find a way to teach them things you have to find a way to comfort them you have to find a way to help them not always be I mean so I can make your kid take this medicine here but you're going to have to learn to be the quote unquote bad guy at home (laughs) because they're still going to need to take it so yeah it is difficult there's also parents who weren't necessarily the strongest parents before their child was hospitalized and they and you really wonder if they're going to be able to do what they need to do to take care of this sick child so that's hard it's hard not to be judgmental mm-hmm. but it is difficult because you there's no way that you take care of just a child in the hospital i think that's true of adults too you often are dealing with their spouse or their adult children but it's more so in Pete. I would think so. Because that parenting relationship is more um, more of a caretaker role. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that a spouse is not a caretaker or a child is not a caretaker. But, but, it's, but it's different. It's different. Yeah, you're, they're still right. under your umbrella, so to right. speak. Right. It's not like you're coming alongside somebody. They're under your care. Right. You know? Right. Hmm. Interesting. Any other challenges you can think of? Um, well... To be in a pediatric nurse, mm-hmm. those are probably the biggest things. Um, is that if when I've had to think about them being the exact same age as my kid, when if you have problems with thinking that, because like I said, um, the kind of nursing I have done is just very hands on. So mm-hmm. there are there's also um, it's not easy to give families bad news, mm-hmm. and. Um, Often you think of uh, the physician gives bad news, but sometimes the nurse has to give bad news. Really? Um, I mean, uh, over the phone, you say a family hasn't stayed with a child and a child's not is doing poorly. You have to get hold of the family in the middle of the night, and you sometimes have to say exactly what is happening and that they better get there fast. That's not an easy thing to do. Um, you sometimes you're just literally sad with the family and you have to find a way to be sad with them and still do your job i mean (laughs) you you get attached to certain families because they've been in the hospital a while sometimes you just bond with families because your personalities are alike and it's okay to be sad if they're sad but you can't let it cripple you so you can't do your job so i i can remember years ago literally going in the back workspace and another nurse coming in the back workspace so you're not where the families are you're not where anybody can see you and this family had just gotten terrible news and this nurse and I just didn't even have to hardly say anything but we just hugged each other Mm. (laughs) because as nurses we may not have been each other's primary support but at work we both were sad and it couldn't, and in order to go back out and do what you had to do. So that's hard. Those are probably the biggest things, I think. Wow. I, 
never working in peds before, I didn't realize those things. Yeah. I think it happens in adults, too. It's just a little different somehow. I, I, yeah, I've worked with adults in my life, so I think it's, it seems like it's a little more sensitive, a little more emotional. Mm, can be, but it can also be very joyful. Yeah, so let's talk about the good stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's good about being a paid Oh, there's so many things. Um, most children aren't jaded. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> they don't, they just, A, want to get better, and B, want to do what's normal for them. They don't want to be in the hospital, but if they have to be in the hospital, for example, they want their favorite stuffed animal to be there. So we do that. They want their favorite blanket. They want to wear their own clothes, their own pajamas. So we do that when we can. They want to go to the playroom. So we let them go to the playroom as much as possible. Um, Most hospitals I've been at um, have uh, very active support programs with social work and child life therapists. And so they have events for kids to go to in the lobby. And if you're healthy enough, you go. And if you're not, then those people come to you. Um, Over the years, hospitals have therapy dog programs. And those kids, those dogs, if the families want them to, they come, if they can't come in the room, then they come to the door. uh, They'll have characters from movies that um, you know, there's a, for example, in this area, there's a pretty active group of people. I don't even know who it's through that dress up as Star Wars characters. And they come to the hospital on a regular basis and they go in and visit kids. They just want to play. They want to play video games. They want to mm. paint. They want to draw. They want to. And so whenever possible, we do that. Somebody told me not very long ago that they had gone to visit a kid in the hospital and they couldn't get over how normal it kind of seemed. I mean, the child was hooked up to an IV and they had a very serious diagnosis, but they had stuffed animals in their bed and there's a TV in the room and they were playing with toys. And um, and so to me, um, or that you do things like we have this prize box that literally does not have expensive toys in it. It just has matchbox cars in whatever various people donate but it's the poke prize box so unfortunately you have to have been poked um to go to the prize box but there are kids who are just like oh really and i'll go yeah and i'm sorry we had to do it twice so you're gonna get two and they're like really and all this adults would be like yeah right Jaded. That's right. And they're like, cool. <laughs> and they're digging in this box. And you're like, this. <laughs> or I was still a nursing student years ago. And I, that was a long time ago. And you'd go in to do your pre-planning for your assigned patient the next day. And this kid comes running into the uh, lounge playroom area. because well, I, And um, he introduces himself to me. And he must have been like five or six. And he goes, do you know why I'm here? And I'm like, no. He goes, I'm having heart surgery tomorrow. <laughs> and he was like smiling, and he was jumping around, and, he had, and you're like, and yes, he was. He was having very serious heart surgery the next day, but 
he was just happy for that evening to be there and being the just you know. a little bump in the road. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the way he saw it. Where a lot of adults would be like, I'm having heart surgery tomorrow. And, and maybe some people would say that that kid had no idea what he was in for, but it wasn't his first one. Really? Yeah. And so those are the reasons I like working with kids. Mm-hmm. Because they, they just want normal. And they even when we can't give them normal, they often take what they can get. And probably are thankful for it. Some. More so than yeah, others. Yeah, it depends on. I probably mean, the older they get, the less thankful well, they yeah. are. <laughs> and what, what their history has been themselves and what their upbringing yeah. has been can affect things. But for the most part, it's just hopeful. It's hopeful and it's more positive and yeah. That's cool. And you know when kids, I say sometimes kids will get really naughty in the hospital, like, but that's when sometimes when they feel better. Mm. And they, you know, otherwise they're just kind of passive sometimes when they feel really bad. But, or we'll have kids who you have to do a certain procedure on and the kids are just angry at you because of what you're doing maybe because of developmentally and the parents are so stressed and i'll say things like you know it's the ones that don't fight me that i worry about because the ones that don't fight me are too sick to fight me your child's already doing better and they're like oh so interesting perspective I don't- <laughs> <laughs> so if, if you had a uh, new grad rn come to you and say um I want to do peds. What would you say to them? Would you say um, do something else first or just jump into it? I would say that if you can find a job and get hired, just do it. Just do it. Okay. Yeah. So when you dabbled outside of peds, you're like, it didn't, mm-hmm. that wasn't, because you were felt like that was the place for you to be. Mm-hmm. But you don't think it's necessary to start, like most hospitals serve people in med surge or... No, I don't think so. I do think that if you had a choice, that things have gotten so specialized that sometimes you go to work right away in pediatric intensive care or you go to work um, in pediatric cardiology or you go to work in um, maybe a clinic setting that's very specific to sickle cell disease or hemophilia i do think as a new grad the broader your experience in pediatrics could be the better okay so i think it would be better to go to um, uh, a general pediatric floor or unit than maybe to the pediatric ed or i applaud people who want to work in a pediatric intensive care unit but Maybe do something else for just to get that broader look at more things to get some basics down before you specialize. I think that's good for two reasons. It just gives you a better, broader picture of health in general. And it um, opens you up to more possibilities later if you didn't, you know, maybe... You start in pediatric intensive care, the PDD, and it's just so overwhelming that you think, I don't want to be a nurse anymore. Or um, 
or uh, maybe pediatrics isn't my thing. I, I do think that, I don't think pediatrics is a bad start, but more general pediatrics. That makes sense. Right. So what specialties have you experienced in within pediatrics? How many in the hospital setting are there? Um, well, it's just gotten more so over the years. Um, one hospital that I went to work at in North Carolina, and this was years ago, they divided things by ages. So they had like a surgical toddler floor and a more medical toddler floor. And then they had the school age surgical floor and the school age. Now there was some overlap depending on the census. And then they had a floor that was just adolescence. So you have medical and surgical stuff and behavioral, um, but it was just teenagers on that floor. Now they've gone more to diagnosis. Um, so I have done primarily in peds, general peds and peds, um, hematology and oncology and um, bone marrow transplant. That's what I've done. But I most of my years were general peds. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which um, which is common now? Is it it's not by ages anymore? It's more by diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Why is that? That's a good question. Specialty of the particular problem. Yeah, and I think I sometimes think it's that. Um, I wonder if it's physician driven. Mm-hmm. More because, efficient for them to see all their patients uh-huh. on one floor. Yeah. Interesting. But the truth of the matter is, if um, you don't do all the same things for a very sick nephrology patient that you do for a cardiology patient, or you certainly don't do the same things for a patient who's had a bone marrow transplant as you do. So there are some things that I think um, are physician-driven, and other things is that you it is actually helpful to have nurses that are specialized in some things. Like, I don't really know how to do dialysis. So you don't want me doing dialysis on your child. You want the floor that does dialysis all the time, you know. Makes Um, sense. (laughs) If I'm used to children, I'm certainly not. And chemotherapy, which is the biggest thing we do for patients who have cancer, has gotten more and more complicated over the years. Well, you want somebody that gives chemo several times a week, not somebody that hasn't given chemo for six months. It's, I think it's because um, nursing, in a lot of ways, has gotten more technical than it used to be. Hmm. We do things at the bedside that we didn't used to do. But, yeah, I know that the, the hospital that I worked at years ago that was ages, is they're all specialty is hmm. how they're divided okay. to. So kind of switching gears here, you've mentioned you've worked at different institutions. Mm-hmm. Um, how could you can you say that each a hospital in itself and then each unit has its own culture? Does it, so for all the hospitals you've worked at, can you say that is it just one generic hospital culture or is there hospitals that are different have different cultures? I think different hospitals have different cultures. I think the smaller hospitals find it easier, or it's easier to know what their culture is and for it to be more homogenous. I think the bigger the hospital gets, they may define their culture and tell their employees what their culture is, 
but it's harder for everybody to have that culture in the same way. It's just, it's sort of the nature of the beast. So then is the unit leadership, whatever unit you're on, floor mm-hmm. you're on, so to speak, I don't know what terminology is mm-hmm. best here, but is it more, is the culture more affected by the unit itself leadership than I think the so. hospital? I think so, because that's your, those are the people you work with day in and day out. Um, I, I guess I think it's sort of easier and harder to disseminate information. So it's easy to send an email to 5,000 people. But is it easy to make sure 5,000 people read that email as opposed to delete it? Um, it's easier to know face-to-face if I'm listening to you or not. And it's just impossible for, in a large place, for a certain level of management to speak personally to 5,000 people. You're not going to be able to do it. Um, I also think that um, safety has become one of the big cultures in recent years. And I don't... And I don't know if that's driven by law and lawyers and lawsuits, um, but I think that's become a huge thing as we talk about the safety culture. And it really is important. Um, but I think that, I don't know if this is what you're looking for, but I think smaller places have an easier time knowing what their culture is. Got it. Okay. But um, the bigger places, will talk more about the culture. <laughs> I wanted to hit that first because my next follow-up question is, you've worked at different places, and a lot of times it's based on, um, hey, I want to do PEDS, so this is the only hospital right. in this area that does PEDS. Right. I, I understand that, but I'm sure you developed a way to figure out, do I personally fit with this culture? Mm-hmm. Am I going to be a fit in this unit? Mm-hmm. Can, and what do you, when you were in those interviews, are there anything that you looked for Hmm. Any questions you asked? That's a really good question. I think one thing that you can do that's not, you know, perfect or going to give you all the answers is when you, if say you're as far as an interview, A, you should always ask if you can and especially in this age, sometimes you're moving from a distance. You might not have an in-person interview. You might have a Skype interview. You might have a phone interview. But the two things you should could say is, A, can I come and visit? Because I don't know how anybody would really want to take a job at a new place without physically seeing it and meeting some of the people there. And the other thing is to say, and not only can I see it, but can I shadow somebody that works there? Because, and it may only be for four hours. And you know that they're going to do their best, probably to put their best foot forward. But if I'm going to shadow a nurse somewhere, I'm going to get whatever she gives. And if you, A, can see a place and B, spend a little time with some of the other people that work there, it's going to give you a better... 
like I said, people can cover stuff up. People can lie to you, but it's it is a way to see a place. Bef- and I frankly don't know what place isn't going to agree to that if they really want you to come there. Mm-hmm. And if they don't, then it's probably a red flag. Yeah, I think just by shadowing, you're going to see because then everybody's going to know that you're going to be there that day. Communication is not that good. I know that for sure. <laughs> As a traveler, sometimes I go into places they didn't even realize I was coming. <laughs> but anyways, um, so I think you're going to get a snapshot mm-hmm. of what's actually true. You're going right. to see the stress level of the, the nurse walking out of the room. You're going to see mm-hmm. you know, how well stocked they are. What's their management system? What's mm-hmm. their communication system? You're going to pick up on all that stuff. And they may assign you to a nurse that's going to give you the high road. But there's going to be other nurses working there, too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and my first job, I was a leadership student there. And then I got hired as a new grad. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I was a student. But I was there for multiple shifts a week, for weeks. So I had the flavor of that place before sure. I ever went there. Yeah. Um, my next job I went to after that, I did have an in-person interview. But... I didn't, I don't think I got to shadow there. And so now I enjoyed that job and I was there for four years. It was the most stressful job I ever had. Um, but I think it would have been nice to have shadowed there. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was as big a thing back mm-hmm. then, but I think those are two of the best things you can do. Cool. Um, and please, if you do take a job, unless you're totally miserable, and traveling nursing is somewhat different. But per job, I mean, it's, right? Yeah, you have to give any job time. How much time do you give it? I think you have to give any job eighteen months to two years before you really know wow. if this is a place for you. I would agree, but it's is hard. That... It's not very realistic. <laughs> people don't. In this culture, we people are too swipe and drag and click and delete it. Yep. That's my personal feeling. Because it takes that long to really learn the job? Takes that... No. no. You can do the job. Okay. It takes that long to feel like a place is yours. Uh, interesting. Huh. And you should really give something that... Now, if you have a job that you are absolutely miserable going to and you don't want to go to work and you can't wait till your day's off, okay, that's different. If you are working night shift and never sleeping and physically ill because you can't do it, well, that's something different. But you need to give a place, in my estimation, time to feel like it's yours. And then when you feel like it's yours, then you ought to be able to decide whether you want to stay or there are things you can't live with. Mm -hmm. I mean... I've been a lot of places that it takes time. So you've experienced that yourself. You're like, first six months, I want to quit. This is, I'm done with this. But then you've turned around and go, oh, oh, Mm -hmm. okay. And I was raised to be a stayer. You know, my Mm -hmm. parents would say, you've got to stick this out. So I know that I was raised that way and that was part of it, but I still know it just takes time. Interesting. That's good. Good advice. (laughs) Because... Do you see a lot of turnover? Oh, yeah. More so than 10 years ago? Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. 
And so you think, you might have missed an opportunity when mm -hmm. somebody leaves. Mm -hmm. Because I will tell anybody that ever asked me, there is no perfect job. There are good jobs. There are bad jobs. There are jobs that maybe morally or ethically you can't do, whether it's nursing or something else. But there is no perfect job. So you have to decide what you want. And if this job can provide that, maybe you can live with some of the other stuff. Because you may go to another job because you think it's that much better. And it will meet one need and it won't meet another. It's so true. And Save yourself some heartache. Yeah. <laughs> but the other thing is, nursing right now, the demand is huge. Mm -hmm. It's incredible. It's astronomical. Yep. So they can do it. Yep. They, you, you can, as a nurse, bounce from job to job to job. Mm -hmm. And it's not seen as a negative on your resume. It's not. I don't think so. Now... I personally, if I was looking at a resume, I would probably say to my unit manager, I mean, on my floor, you have 10 to 12 weeks of orientation. So it's 10 gonna, to 12 weeks? Mm -hmm. Wow. So it's going to be three months of me investing in you before I can count you as an entity working by yourself. Now, if we get an experienced nurse, it might be, and we don't do travelers on our floor. Right. But... Yeah. Um, so, if I'm going to invest in somebody for three months, I want them to at least stay it. a year and a half or two years. Five would be even better. <laughs> That's funny. So, I'm wondering if we could switch to, in talking about um, job and job satisfaction and switching jobs. I think a lot of people probably switch jobs because they're a little burned out mm -hmm. in a particular job. Mm -hmm. Um, and I looked up this stat yesterday, or this report. It's from Health Affairs from 2011. It was in the National Institute of Health. They had it published. It says, so these are a little old numbers, but... Well, but... 34% of hospital nurses and 37% of nursing home nurses reported feeling burned out in their current job. And I think as a nurse, you are particularly prone to that because we expect you to be a um, compassionate caregiver mm -hmm. we expect you to be technically savvy like you said it has to be technically but it also we expect you to be like this fountain of knowledge of my particular problem whether it's pediatric oncology or pediatric hematology or pediatric cardiology it's like you're like the one step down from the doctor but you got all the whatever question I ask you because you're here 24 hours a day we're expecting you to have the answer Right, mm -hmm. so it's 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 high, it's high standards, mm -hmm. right? And plus, he, it's twelve hour shifts. It's three days a week, or if you pick up an extra one, that's forty eight hours a week. Mm -hmm. It's it's a lot. So how do you just personally now? How do you recommend people not get burned out? Um, you have to have ways to cope with stress before you ever start a job. So. For example, where I work, that's one of my unit manager's standard questions. What do you do when you're tired or stressed or sad right now? Do you have, and if people are having problems answering the question, you know, do you have somebody you can talk to? Do you run? Do you bike? Do you have a room in your house that you can, you know, is it music? Do you try to go on vacation? You know, what is it? 
because you really need to have that before you start a stressful nursing job because you don't want to I mean you just have to accept that there's going to be stress which can lead to burnout that's mostly what leads to I believe so you need to either have coping mechanisms or start some right away because I can promise you you're going to come home and cry you're going to come home and yell and and privacy constrains you from talking to the people that you used to be able to talk to so what do you do now when you're sad mad probably should be a a question they ask applicants to nursing school Mm -hmm. Um, because you're going to need those things and you might need some more things um you you will sometimes find that um you might have to switch jobs because you're um, taking two things too personally. You know, I think that's why if you're working in peds, for example, and it's just hard, you might need to switch to a clinic setting or adults or something else for a while to see if a different level of nursing or a different kind of nursing is easier for you. I mean, we need school nurses. We need all kinds of... Yes. Um, but having coping mechanisms and... Working extra is not always a good thing (laughs) because you think you're helping and you can work extra some because they ask you to work extra when you're shorthanded and you're usually shorthanded when there's too many patients. But if you don't give yourself time to um, regenerate, then you won't be able to cope at work. Do you have boundaries with that? You say like, well, okay, I'll take one every... When they ask, I'll take one a quarter or I'll take an extra shift. Well, we very rarely, for example, in recent years, um, uh, you have... Like you might have to, for a period of 12 weeks in the winter, you might have to pick up two 12-hour shifts. Oh, okay. But that's only for 12 weeks. And it's really only... Averaging out to 40 hour week. So even though it's extra and you choose whether you do three eights or two twelves and you know, you have some say in when that it's, it's only mandated that much um, in my particular job now. Mm-hmm. And in the many years that I've worked, most overtime is voluntary. So if it's not mandated, then you don't have to pick up and yet it's okay. You don't have to pick up. Um, it's to be okay with saying no. No, right. And that's okay. And we as servants and compassionate people, when people ask us, we immediately, our first response is, how can I make this work? Typically. Right. You know, it's like, because we are, we get into the profession because we care about people, right? right? So it's like. I actually feel like um, younger people, <laughs> way younger than me in this case, <laughs> are more active about, um, very proactive about planning their time outside of work. You know, they're already planning for how they can go to Iceland in November, you know, or getting these days off. And on the on the one hand, you're like, really? I don't know if I'm ever going to Iceland. Uh, I'm not. So I've you know been to Mexico, but (laughs) that's my problem. Um, But they're planning their downtime, which they need. So they can say, I have plans. Sorry oh, about that. absolutely. And they've already got the time granted to them. Yeah. 
And on the one hand, you're like, really? And on the other hand, you're like, well, that's probably pretty healthy. <laughs> so that's a personal basis. Mm-hmm. What do you think um, has been effective from a corporate perspective on helping burnout? I know therapy and nursing both have doctors, it doesn't matter, healthcare mm-hmm. in general, we've been asked to be more productive, you know, higher productivity, right. whatever they, whatever it looks like. I right? think they've been somewhat better in the last 15 years of, you have to get people to take you up on it, but there's um, usually free counseling services that health professionals have access to. Um, like if work is too much, then, you know, you, you know, you can go see a therapist this many times, Lisa. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. There's some of that. But I don't know that we talk about it enough. For example, in the last couple of jobs I've had, other than um, certain times during the winter when pediatrics is known to be busy, we don't do a lot of mandatory overtime. So you need to learn to say no when you're asked. But we're not making you work overtime. We do what we can with self-scheduling so that you have... I mean, where I work, a lot of the floors have self-scheduling, so I still have to balance the schedule, but you're still um, months ahead of time. You know, when you work, you have some say. You're allowed to trade mm. with other people. Mm. Um, if you need a bigger block of time off, well, just trade with somebody. You might have to... Um, I think that um, 12-hour shifts, even though they make people tireder, you don't have to work as many days a week. And that's easier on most people to think, I only got to work three days this week and I'm off for four. And if I work three days at the beginning of this week and my weekend next week, I got six days off and I didn't even take any time off. Um, Mm. So I think that providing some level of counseling if you need it. Personal self-scheduling sounds like that's from a corporate level saying yes. Yes. I think those are some big ways that they've tried to. If you, the more choices you give people, so they have feel like they have control. Mm-hmm. Have there there been changes in the nurse to patient ratios? In pediatrics, it's almost always been better than it is in adults. I've worked full time for twelve years and worked full time years ago, but I'd say the last fifteen to twenty years. Most of the time, the most patients you would have would be four. When the adult world, it's higher than that. It's like seven or eight patients. So I'd say in peds, the ratio is better anyway. Okay. Good to know. I know. Yeah. So I would say, I mean, yes, we have bad nights. And you end up with more because what are you going to do? Because somebody called in sick or they were just, you know. People still get vacation, then you're like, but peds, the numbers have almost always been better. Why is that, you think? Well, if you have page, I don't know exactly other than if you have patients that you expect won't be able to do for themselves, if their parents aren't there, they can't feed themselves, that you have more chance of that, I guess, than with adults. I don't know. When hmm. I was first a nurse, we would sometimes end up on nights where I'd have seven or eight patients in the morning, but that still wasn't the norm. Wasn't the norm, okay. And the patients on the floor weren't nearly as sick as the patients on the floor can be anymore. Hmm. It's it's just gotten nursing's gotten way more technical in thirty years, way more. Last question. So somebody's thinking about going into nursing mm-hmm. in general, not just talking to pediatrics mm-hmm. here. Uh, two things. What would you say? Would you say go for it? 
And if you go for it, are you what are you looking at the person to say? What characteristics would you think would make them a good nurse? In the beginning, you said you chose it because you knew you were going to be a hands-on person, mm-hmm. and you like working with people. I still think that's true. Is there anything else that you would say? Um, yes to some people, no to others. Well, I think you have to be very science-minded because okay. you the places you work. I mean, families want answers. And um, I'm not saying you have to have all the answers, but it's not enough to say this is what your kid has and this is what the doctor says we have to do, so this is what we're going to do. You just... So you're not expected to know everything, but you have to... I think it's easier if you're science-minded so that if you do have to look up something on the Internet in a book in your tools with your electronic medical record that you then can understand it well enough to be able to know what you're doing or why I'm giving this to so that you're more comfortable with it and you can articulate it to the families. Plus you're going to be able to apply that knowledge to make sense of why right. the whole picture for right. them to be able to see right. the whole I still think it's true that if you... Um, like to physically do something for people, nursing is the way to go. I also think that it's true that you can do a lot of different things. Some people work part-time. Some people work full-time. Some people are in management. Some people work in the clinic. Some people work in the hospital. Some people are a school nurse. It's a huge variety. Yeah, yeah. Some people travel and demonstrate IV pumps or demonstrate a new way to give sub-Q injections or a new way to chart in a new electronic mm-hmm. medical record. They're nurses. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's what they thought they'd be doing when they went to nursing school? Sure. No. <laughs> right. And some people, I mean, travel nursing, people can go someplace for 13 weeks and 13 weeks they'll be somewhere else. You know, you don't even have to stay in one place to be a nurse. Yeah, that's a, that's a whole other level. Yeah, so, yeah, I joke and say, don't do it, don't do it. But I really, I do think that nursing, I don't think it's going away anytime soon. Oh, no. I think you can do a lot of different things. But I do think that if, because sometimes nursing, I can remember even when I was in nursing school, so you have to have certain prerequisites. But you didn't have to have the hardest chemistry or the hardest biology, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, But... You, it's still scientifically based, oh, and people. Yeah. You said it yeah. a little bit ago. Families mm-hmm. expect you to know. Absolutely. And a lot of them don't know, or you know, WebMD really doesn't have all the answers. <laughs> <laughs> or it might give you sort of the answer. <laughs> <laughs> An answer. <laughs> hey, you might not understand it. But so. <laughs> Interesting. I don't know. Good. Anything else you want to share about life as a pediatric nurse? Mm. <clears throat> If I had to do it all over again, I'd do it all over again. Without reservation? Without reservation. Well, that's a ringing endorsement, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> Considering you've been in it 31 years, you've been in it while you've been married and have kids and raise your kids, that's pretty amazing. And I work night shift. Anyway. <laughs> oh, let's hit that just a second. What are the, let's say, would you, if somebody's starting first time night shift, what would you tell that nurse? Other people have made it work, so you can too. To me, it's helpful to flip back and forth. Like, I don't... I'm not up at 3 a.m. if I'm not working. I'm sleeping. 
So you're able to switch. Right. But I find that easier to be a quote-unquote wrong person. Because very few of us are going to have a spouse that works night shift or kids that... So what makes that transition... Is there anything that you found that makes that transition earlier? Be very purposeful about your life outside of work. If I'm going to meet somebody for dinner, I'm not going to go home and sleep for 18 hours. I'd miss stuff with people, so... I work for three nights in a row. Maybe I'm very purposeful that I'm meeting somebody for dinner at six o'clock on that, you know, because um, especially when I was single, I slept more then. But um, if you, you're also if you're going to meet somebody or plan a trip or whatever, you're not just going to sleep through your days off or just lay around. Hmm. Um, and it also is helpful if. You have surround people, surround yourself with people that at least tolerate it, even if they don't understand it. My parents weren't in the medical field, but they understood that I work last night and I'll call them later. Um, they may be sad that I have to work Christmas, but they know that somebody's got to work Christmas and that if you work this Christmas and you stay in that job, you won't have to work next Christmas. <laughs> so, uh, you do. It is nice to have some people that get it, and mm-hmm. they don't have to get it initially. You can educate them. <laughs> <laughs> so keep a schedule, and it sounds like you try to just kind of live your life as normal as possible outside of working. Oh nights. yeah. So like, if you worked last night, you just sleep for a little bit. Or well, uh, if I worked last night and hadn't worked the night before, I didn't sleep at all yesterday. I slept in my bed the night before, and I just go, and you make it through the night, and I sleep the day. Gotcha. Okay. I'm weird, though. I'm, I am some kind of weird anomaly <laughs> that I've done this for so long. <laughs> and you've stayed relatively healthy, even though you... Oh, well, yeah. That's a gift. In the last 12 years, the only work I've missed was because I broke my foot. Ah. That's amazing. <laughs> and you can't go to work sick and get those kids sick. No. No. Mm-mm. Well, thank you so much for the gift of time. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Great information, great insight, and great experience that you shared. Thank you very much.